Welcome to Insights, the podcast of Forerunners of America, where we are here every time to warn the nation and to help you respond in faith. And our last podcast, as we talked about, is America moving more towards revival or judgment or possibly both, uh, was pretty sobering. It was definitely more in the warning the nation side of, of that equation. But today, we want to really go much further on responding in faith. What does God require of us? First, that we are living in a revived state, as well as um, seeing churches corporately and even seeing God move beyond the church walls out into the community, city, nation, etc. And to help us do this, understand all of this, I want to welcome Matt Bennett back to Insights. Welcome, Matt. Hey, thanks, Dave. Great to be back. And Matt is the director of Christian Union. Uh, what year did you uh, found Christian Union? 2002, so we're coming up on our 20-year anniversary here soon. Exciting. Congratulations. I remember right out of the blocks that you, you, you were on the front page of the, of the New York Times. Yeah, it was. Uh, we'd been operating a few years, and for a variety of reasons, the New York Times wanted to do an, an article on evangelicals in America, and kind of the center of the feature of that was what they considered to be unexpected places. And so, you know, we minister at uh, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, and Stanford, these places, and so they wanted to do an article. And it was a huge article, and front page um, of it, and uh, I think they did a fair job, and uh, then followed up with that was uh, PBS and NPR and, and uh, a number of other outlets that uh, interviewed me and uh, and commented on the ministry. So you had a broad platform to proclaim Christ and his good works and your mission of Christian Union with a bunch of conservative media outlets like the New York Times and NPR. That's that's exciting. Well, I don't know if they're uh, terribly friendly towards the Christian faith. Um, but uh, I'm glad that they treated us fairly, so can always be thankful for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had to have a little bit of fun there. Okay. On the last podcast at the beginning, you talked about how you'd experienced revival at Princeton University, one of the eight Ivy League schools in our nation, and twice happened the second time, 2009, so not that long ago. But I'm not sure everybody caught this Um you said that there was actually 10% of the entire student body that was involved in, in Christian Union. Is that right? That's right. Approaching, near, uh, close to that. That's right. So there was just a lot of incredible spiritual activity happening, a lot of lives being radically changed. It was, it was, it was really wonderful. Yeah, it's really exciting to think about um, as well that it happened at an institution like that, which of course is not known for being fertile ground, at least not in recent decades, for the gospel. But back in America's history, Princeton was uh, visited by God in these remarkable ways of revival. Is, is that true? Yeah, that's right. It's had its ups and downs. I mean, I think in the 1790s when things were very bad there, the few Christians on campus were afraid to be known that they were Christians. And even when they met, kept their minutes uh, in code because of it, uh, because of the influence of the Enlightenment and Voltaire and Rousseau. Um, it was a very secular place, but it was turned around in the early 1800s, mostly through the influence of the president of Princeton University named Ashbel Green. So there's uh, some radical ups and downs at uh, Princeton and these other uh, universities. Well, 
we've had ups and downs nationally. That's why we're here talking about this today. And uh, we want to see, everybody listening to this podcast, we want to see God move in greater ways. And so, Matt, you've developed something that you call a Seeking God lifestyle. And if you can begin to walk us down this path, because as I've listened to you, read your materials and so forth, this is the key issue right now in terms of seeing God draw near, James 4, draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. It's a key issue in terms of seeing God move in this way. So Matt, just start to share with us about your heart uh, related to this seeking God lifestyle. Yeah, well, thanks. I think something that where this story can begin is, is thinking about the early church. And by the early church, I mean the first 300 years or so. And uh, there's something really remarkable that was noticed by a professor at University of Virginia, Robert Lewis Wilkin. And he identified in his view a couple of verses that he feels is the most descriptive of the church for the first several hundred years of its existence. And given that he's a historian of the early church, this is very significant. And he basically quotes um, and addresses Augustine who quotes this passage a number of times and feels like it really characterizes the church for hundreds of years. And it's from Psalm 105. I'll read these um, few verses. It says, uh, one through four, oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. So he felt like this is what really characterized the church. Now, it's similar to, but a little different than others, sometimes other um, people, scholars, will cast the church um, in certain lights or characteristics, and especially when they're looking to say, hey, what was their fire? What was their secret or, or everything else? And some look at the um, early church and they'll really comment on, hey, look how loving they were to other people and uh, the way they um, gave and were charitable and that sort of thing. Others will look at the early church and say, hey, look how all the miracles that happened and how that attracted people to the gospel and healings and stuff. Others will look at the early church and say, Hey, look at all the martyrs that happened and uh, people gave and the, the blood of the martyrs is the seat of the church is, is what goes on. Others will look at the early church and say, look how disciplined they were and uh, their um, fasting Wednesdays and Fridays and morning and evening prayers, which characterized the church for hundreds of years um, throughout the empire. And I would suggest that uh, it's this understanding that encompasses all of those that their posture and mindset was seeking the Lord wholeheartedly. And with that comes all those things. Because when you're seeking him, then of course you're diligent about your disciplines. Of course, miracles happen because he responds. Of course, you have the strength to die for the faith in terms of martyrdom. And of course, you're filled with his love for other people. And so that's the secret and that's the source to have a heart and mindset to seek him wholeheartedly. Can you just walk us through, like, how, how do you approach this as you're getting people, like a lot of us on listening to you right now, just getting us across the starting line, giving us those first handholds to, uh, to, walk, to walk this out practically? Well, I think it's sort of like if you decided you want to run a marathon and you've got you've to ramp up to it. You've got to know where you got to be before you run the 26 miles. 
and you know, a week or two weeks before, you've got to be able to run 20 miles and you build up to this um, over time. And so nine months out, let's say that's when you start, you do things slower and you build up. So you, you got to take the steps, but you also got to know where you got to be and you got to get there and not just think that that's sufficient. So it means um, a lifestyle and mindset change. And as Christians, we need to repent. We're quote, too busy. Yeah, we're too busy with all these vain amusements and worldly passions of all different kinds. There's nothing wrong with these different things that we might do, going to the ball game and watching Netflix or whatever different things, whatever we might do as long as they're good movies, of course. But um, but what we've done is we've made those the priorities. And we say we don't have time. We have plenty of time. It's just that our hearts are after all these broken cisterns, as it says in Jeremiah. And that's where we need to repent. And uh, if we put the Lord first and we take time in the morning and uh, my understanding from the scriptures is that every Christian should spend 30 minutes to 60 minutes in devotions morning and evening. And if you have kid, a wife and, and kids, do that together um, at least one of the times per day and uh, read the uh, Bible during that time, listen to praise music, pray during that time, maybe share a little bit and uh, it'll help you be strong in the Lord. And then fasting too. We know from the Didache that uh, Christians fasted twice a week. And the apostles fasted twice a week, Wednesdays and Fridays, as well as all these other great saints we hear from the first few hundred years of the church. And if they needed to fast Wednesdays and Fridays to be strong in the Lord, to, um, to be faithful to him, to have his strength for holy living, how is it possible that we don't need that? That's not the only way to humble ourselves, but it's a very powerful way in which God has given us to help us humble ourselves. So it means a radical change. And if we haven't fasted before, well, let's kind of work up to it over time. And there's a lot of great resources on the internet. You can go to dayandnight.org and see a lot there, as well as um, devotions, morning and evening, these things. And then we also need longer times. We need to repent of our sins. We need to be obedient to the Lord. There's a lot we need to do here. And that's why if you go to our website, we'll uh, send you a free PDF of the Seeking God Lifestyle Manual, as we talk with a number of Bible studies that explain this more in depth. So let me just capitalize on the word repentance there. Um, repentance is spoken throughout the scriptures. In American church culture, it has fallen upon hard times. That means no, very rarely anyway are people talking about repentance. Um, and I think there's a common understanding out there among Christians that I just don't think I really have anything to repent of. Like, do, can you comment on that? Yeah, yeah. I think that's part of the problem. I think we don't read the Bible enough to know the Lord's heart and perspective on things. So we do, we have a lot to repent of. Uh, are we giving at least 10% of our money away? If not, how can we, how is that considered generous when we're the richest nation in the world, in the history of the world? Are we lovers of self? Are we self-indulgent? Are we lovers of pleasure? And if we're not taking time morning and evening, then to seek the Lord, then we are. We're self-indulgent in these different ways. Uh, we don't have the mind of God. We don't have the scriptures coursing through our minds and understanding his ways and being faithful and obedient to him. Do we have unforgiveness in our hearts towards other people? It says in the scriptures that uh, the Lord turns us over to the torturers until we forgive uh, people. And a lot of people are in the bondage of unforgiveness. We have jealousy. We have um, a vain ambition or, or selfish ambition. We have um, unbelief in so many different ways. 
with us. And of course, there's sexual morality in so many different ways. So we're, the church is flooded. Those of us who are Christians are flooded with these things. And we need to have a lot to repent of. And the Lord will help us. He wants us to be strong in him and to draw close to him. Acts 3.19 says that repentance brings, brings times of refreshing from the Lord. It's just so helpful to think about repentance in light of getting low before the Lord, humility, and then confessing um, our waywardness, our sins, personally, nationally, before the Lord, um, because it brings times of refreshing. It's not meant to be this this uh, heavy word, this uh, this concept that's just meant to somehow put us down. No, just the reverse is true. As we go low through repentance, we go up to higher heights with with the Lord. And, you know, Matt, you uh, you and I have talked in the past about um, we really don't have a time problem in, in American culture, although we're busy people. As you just said, we need to repent of that. Um, but really, as George Otis Jr. puts it, we have a hunger problem. We have an appetite problem. Okay, again, this is where we are in such a broad degree in the Church of America. Help us understand, how do we get hungry so we start doing this seeking God lifestyle? Well, it helps if you take a number of days to seek the Lord with a few other Christian friends. Some churches will have some good retreats over a few days. Unfortunately, a lot of churches don't don't do these, or if they do do a weekend uh, retreat, it's just so light in its content that it doesn't do much to change you spiritually. But that is a big, big help. We, we give a lot of resources on CU Day and Night, as mentioned, uh, .org, but having multiple days or day and a half or two days to really draw close to the Lord is very powerful. If you have to do it on your own, then do it on your own. Take a whole day and do that. Just yesterday, I spent uh, once a month with some pastors here in Manhattan, we gather, we meet at 6 a.m. and up until 8 p.m., 14 hours, we have one meal during the day and otherwise we are praying, we are reading the scriptures. We'll take two hours and just read the scriptures. We uh, have worship time. We'll have discussions too around all these subjects, but a lot of prayer related and drawing close to the Lord. Well, we get um, a sort of buzz from the Holy Spirit as he fills us and strengthens us, our minds renewed by the word. It's very helpful to be renewed in our strengthening with them. And these sorts of things, especially for Christian ministers, should be the norm. But um, unfortunately, they're very, very rare. Hundreds of years ago, they were the norm in this nation among people. And in the international church, it's the norm. It's inconceivable that ministers in many countries around the world wouldn't have these times like this. So uh, a, a place like that is a, a, place, uh, a place to start. We're going to be continuing to put more resources on, on the website. And we're also experimenting with something we're calling CU Fire for lay people, which is a day and a half experience in people's homes where part of it is led by a host there and part of it is um, piped in kind of over the internet. We're going to do our first multi-site sort of CU fire in October with just five to 10 different places, uh, October uh, 21. And then we're going to start ramping it up for others across the nation. Exciting. Uh, okay. We got CU fire to look forward to, and we can find this at dayandnight.org. Okay. Specifically, talk about the the resource. I don't know if it's a free PDF or if, or if it requires purchase, but the Seeking God Lifestyle resource that you have in Christian Union. Uh, tell us where to find it, what it is. Uh, I don't know if you can hit those chapter titles. I, I know you already did, and it's somewhat here during this podcast. But but please uh, give us a summary. 
Yeah, it's uh, you can go to cudayandnight.org or dayandnight.org goes to the same place. And there you'll see where you can get a free PDF of the Seeking God Lifestyle. And we think about it with seven steps to it or seven parts to it. The first is humbling yourself with the help of fasting. And that's the purpose of fasting to help humble ourselves. Secondly, it's prayer, very dynamic, robust prayer. Third is a massive intake of the scriptures um, that really radically changes our hearts and minds. Fourth is repentance and the need to repent of anything that's displeasing to the Lord. Fifth is obedience, the emphasis on obeying the more than 1,000 commands in the New Testament and being faithful to the Lord, as well as Old Testament commands. Sixth is uh, the community aspect, doing this with others. And that includes multi-day conferences, um, not just a day and a half intensive, but two-day, three-day, five-day, seven-day. You know, this is modeled on the feasts in the, in the Old Testament and America's own religious history or radical lives have changed in these multi-day conferences. And then the seventh one is perseverance. That is enduring and faithfulness and drawing close to the Lord and seeking him. It's not a something you just do for a couple of weeks. It's a lifestyle. It's a mindset. It's in part what it means to be a Christian. That is awesome. And I don't hear this kind of focus and clarity in very many areas. And so this is the resource that can give us the clarity we need. Uh, do you know... Uh, to work through this individually or in a group, is it more fruitful one way or the other? Or, uh, yeah, any other thoughts on that? Well, people certainly have done it both. And, of course, people enjoy group setting for so much. So it's, it's available to be used either one. But we do seek to be very clear about it and justify it all from the scriptures. Uh, there are very few Christian ministries today who will lay out a plan to help people succeed. There are these kind of vague calls. When there is a call to seek the Lord, it's very vague. But people need to know what the scriptures are prescribing and expecting. Take a look at it and look at the scriptures. See if you feel like what we're saying is true. Uh, we always want to be like the Bereans, as we know, and to weigh and carefully process what we hear through the scriptures. Okay, Matt, final word. If we actually do this, the seven steps of the Seeking God lifestyle, what would be your vision, or at least your hope in terms of where our churches would go or the small groups we're a part of or the communities we live in. Give us a little vision here in terms of where you think this could go lead us. Well, the same thing happens always when people return to the Lord. And the reason why is that God is faithful to his promises. It's not that God owes us. It's not that we can manipulate him. None of that is the case, but he is a faithful God. He has chosen to always be faithful to his word. And he says he comes. He, he does things. He pours out his spirit. He draws close. So we can always expect that. So as we energetically draw close to him, we can expect his blessings, his presence and open doors and a vibrancy and a closeness um, to a walk with the Lord. And groups of people do it. I think you can expect um, the Holy Spirit to be poured out, which means many coming to faith and all sorts of wonderful things happening. It's uh, what always has happened in America's history. So may his name be praised. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Matt. And you've now been with us for four podcasts. And thank you for pouring out, giving your wisdom and strength and guidance and a leader that is putting this into practice and actually is himself immersed in the seeking God lifestyle and seeing God bring forth the fruit that he just 
talked about. So if you didn't catch all four podcasts, I want to summarize briefly all of them with Matt Bennett sharing great perspective, understanding what to do right now. And I would say what we must do, whether we're uh, believing God to avert coming judgment in our nation or, or to give us empowerment through difficulty that's ahead. These are things we must do, but the, the four topics that we covered with Matt Bennett were first, uh, the, the first two of five forms of judgment that, that God tells us that we will face in the future. The second podcast was the last three of five of those forms of judgment. Then the third podcast covered, our, is it, where's America going here? Is it a little bit leaning more towards uh, judgment in the future or leaning a bit more towards revival coming or both? And then as we just concluded the fourth podcast on Seeking God Lifestyle, it is the takeaway. This podcast, it is vital that we're not just talking about this or, or considering it, but that we actually do it. Again, the Seeking God Lifestyle uh, book can be found at Day and Night. Org and can give us even greater practical insight on how to move forward. So vital in these days in which we're living. Thank you for being with us on Insights. I look forward to being with you next time.